T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. All right, everybody, it's draft day. Jim Hackett and Pete Davidson with the fifth and final installment of the pre-draft NFL podcast. I have a sneaking suspicion we'll be back in the studio like Friday or Monday to do the post-draft, Pete. <laughs> Maybe we've done a few too many of these draft podcasts, eh, Jim? <laughs> I think we might have. Again, the Dead Reference Society uh, brought yeah. to you by. By the way, we've got to brought to you by. I want to give a shout-out to our great friends at Town Fair Tire, who are the NFL draft sponsor all day long and all throughout the draft. So thank you to Town Fair Tire. Great folks there for the best prices on tires. Nobody beats Town Fair Tire. The one distributor of tires that gets our references, which is yes, pretty, pretty they cool. do. There are people there that get to get our references, <laughs> as lame as they can be. I would love to see like a, a sort of a collage of all the faces of our listeners and the quizzical looks that a lot of our jokes. <laughs> But you, you know, but you know, like as, if you're a funny what guy, the hell is Pete talking if you're a funny about? guy, even if you don't know, you know you're in the presence of a reference that you that would make you laugh if you knew it. You know what we I'm get, saying? We, we get the tone of voice right, so they know we're trying to right. be funny. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Well, we are funny. It's just a matter of whether they get it or not. You know, we, I'm funny. Damn it! <laughs> you should be laughing. Yeah. Damn it! This is the time to laugh. <laughs> right there. Right. That's where you should have laughed. So, so Town Fair Tire has brought to you by uh, has brought has brought you four podcasts. Okay, the original NFL Draft podcast, the quarterbacks, which we're going to get into again today because it's draft day, the receivers, the running backs, and now we're going to do the tight ends. And uh, on the tight ends, Pete has them ranked. There's an article up on wei.com. And you know what? It's a thin position this year. It's a little top heavy. Um, it's not as deep as the running back podcast, which could have gone like three days, and the quarterbacks, obviously, which we have to touch on because it's draft day. Um, but I would like to kick things off with a uh, with a bit of a hot take, if I may, Pete. I don't mean to button hook you I'm, here. I'm in no position to stop you. <laughs> <laughs> and what I mean by that is you're the person with the stop button. That's right. I don't have That's it, I'm so. looking at it. Right. All right. I'm, I'm sitting here looking at my device. Is there a way I can stop hack it? No. All right. So, so yeah. just food for thought. I don't even know if I believe this, but I'm just throwing it out there, okay? So... Unhealthy, fatty food for thought. Yes, but but <laughs> much has been made of of Gronk's statement and Belichick and Gronk's uh, meeting uh, earlier in the week. Okay, this was a bonded topic, folks. I have no idea what he's going to say. Okay, so so they meet and Gronk puts out an Instagram post that I'm coming back. He makes his big announcement, and everyone's like, "Okay, well, that's 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 past us now." Gronk's coming back, and I I've been, as you know paying extremely close attention to the Patriots for a really long time. It dates back decades, and particularly under the watchful eye of Belichick, who we've talked about a hundred billion times in here, and we're pretty much right about everything we say. And why is no one, why is no one bringing up the fact that maybe he still is going to get traded? Like, just because they declare it doesn't make it so. Like, would it surprise you at all that if he got traded today? It wouldn't surprise well, me. Well, it would definitely surprise me, but it wouldn't. I mean, nothing the Patriots ever do surprises me. It wouldn't surprise, it would surprise me. me if they traded him and didn't get much for him. Right. Well, it wouldn't surprise me. Let me rephrase. It wouldn't. It, it would surprise me if they traded him because of the player that he is. But it wouldn't surprise me if they traded him just because they said they're not gonna. <laughs> like that makes that makes 
That has no credibility in my mind. That they didn't sit there and, and Belichick that, didn't say, "Hey Gronk, think, shut your lip for a few days so we can get rid of you." That could have happened too. Well, I, that, well, that's what I was going to say. Is it is it possible that Gronk said, "I need you to punch my ticket out of town," and, and they said, "Well, the only way we're doing that is if you tell everybody you're not, you know, that you're not considering retirement, Thank and you. that you're coming back yeah. because." then we can actually get some value for you. Thank you. That's I my suppo- point. I suppose something like that could have occurred. Yeah, I'm almost um, expecting it. So it, it's you know it's almost so too good to be true. It's too clean. It's too clean for me. Okay, but gun to your head, Gronk, a Patriot tomorrow or not, you're, you're going to say he's a Patriot, right? I am, yeah. But, but you know, life on the line. Yeah, life on the line, I'm going right. to say, is a so Patriot. Is but I'm not ruling it out. I'm not ruling it out. Right, right. Well, look. I, mean, I just don't like the fact that everyone's saying, like, well, you know, that's over with. He's a Patriot. Well, hold on. <laughs> the draft like is still being, ahead of us. You don't like being told what to think, especially when you're on double coffee. Well, not only that, but like... <laughs> Triple it, coffee? But especially when we're talking about <laughs> Belichick. It's like, like all of a sudden, one meeting and one Instagram post and all the nonsense of four months is just gone. It's just it's evaporated. I'm not well, buying it. I it's better. I mean, look, it's better than not having the Instagram post. That's true. Um, but I'm just not buying it full yeah. full stop. You know, look, my, my my big concern with the Patriots right now, and again, if we're going to go into this sort of reality TV, read the tea leaves, social media nonsense, which you you know how much I love, um, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> I, the, look, if you're going to buy into the the narrative and that the things that are being said actually mean something. Um, the thing that concerns me is you've got two of the most important players and the guy who should be next to Belichick, the the main leader in the entire organization, yeah. Tom Brady. I, I don't like this idea that they want to do it their way all of a sudden. Yeah, and I don't like that, the pa- that that, I, and that don't, rubs me the wrong way. Me That's too. not a good thing if you're a Patriot. No, and I also don't like the passive aggressive nature of all of it. Like I like aggressive aggressive. Like you know, there are people that really off put people because they're so brazen and bold. But but you know what? If you're going to talk smack, talk it. Enough with this like passive aggressive BS. It's 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 troubling me, and yeah. I'm not sure I buy that. It's not troubled Belichick to the point that he wouldn't move him. I don't think Belichick gives a rat's ass. I if he might not even know about it unless there were little underlings carrying him things like nah, I think he somebody knows. said. No, no, I'm I'm sure he does, but I'm saying like he wouldn't know it on his own accord. He knows it because someone came and told him. Yeah. Um, and I just don't think. I, that look he gives reporters when they ask him dumb questions. My favorite look it's, in the history it, of looks. And it's a really genuine look. It really is. That's, yeah. not, that's not him posturing. That's, that's no, genuine. That's pure hate. And it's genuine human emotion reaction. That's what he thinks of that person in that moment. I agree. Right? And I think, you know, that's him. And I just don't think he cares about any of this politics Stuff. I, th- I think in Belichick's mind, if if he thinks Tommy's going to show up and be Tommy when Tommy needs to be Tommy, then it's he, fine. He, yeah, right. Um, you know, I I, 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 that's my my feeling on Belichick. He just doesn't care about any of this second level stuff. Mm. But if if this is something that's actually going to, I wallow in it. Conversely, <laughs> well, no, you know what I'm saying. Conversely, I, I dive in and get it all <laughs> over me. I can't get it off me. <laughs> <laughs> You're like Caesar in history. I'd be of the world. a bad patriot. <laughs> get, get in the treasure bath and just throw the jewels all over me. Yeah, I, look, everybody enjoys a little bit of drama sometimes, and I'm no different. I don't like uh, it at all. I just but like I can't when it's well written and presented it. to me. I like Aaron Sorkin drama, not yeah. not social media. No, I agree with no that stuff. Drama. I hate. I just like it, but it 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 it. it uh, 
It usually doesn't bother me, but the, the, the past four months with Brady and Gronk has. The, the question is, is that what it is, or is it a real thing? Is this something that will exist inside the building and not just outside the building? Mm. And if it is, then Belichick will have a problem with it, and it will become a bone of contention. And if, if Belichick senses that, yeah, Gronkowski has... If he's like Michael Cohen and he's flipped, you know, and he's yeah. never he's never going to be good Gronk for him again. Yeah. Um, and he's going to his attitude can contaminate the attitude of other players around him in meeting rooms and on the practice field. I think he would move Gronkowski and not think twice about it. And Agreed. and twenty four hours from now, it's going to be Gronk who. You yep. know, I mean, that's Bill Belichick. That I is think. him, no question. Yeah. So, it, and I do believe. Look, if he's staying, and it pro- probably is that he's going to be the real Gronk we've all come to know and love. I'm just yeah. saying. We're talking about our favorite player here. Yeah, but I, <laughs> I mean, I love Gronk. I do too. But 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 I'm just saying. I'm just not. It's it's not like some sort of gauntlet has been thrown. There's nothing in stone that says he's here forever. Tonight is draft night, and it is Bill Belichick we're talking about. So I'm just I'm just throwing it out there. That's all I'm saying. Hey, look. Belichick does not care what I think. He certainly doesn't care what you think. <laughs> I think he cares what I think more than I, you because I, I am. I, as I wear the colors, man. I see. I I don't know. And I I'm almost, a shareholder. I, I almost go the other way on that. I think he sees fans of the team and just I'm blind. Yeah, he just doesn't care. I think he doesn't care what anybody thinks. He only cares what he thinks and whoever the people who he has chosen to be his right hand and left hand people. Those are the people he cares about. Like you know, Ernie. And maybe a couple other people, right? I'm convinced if we had met, I'd be honest, I'd be on one of his com- consigliaries. I'm, I'm, I'm convinced. Sure, I'm sure it. he'd love you. I'm sure he'd like to hear all your stories. <laughs> I, I'm just, you know what I'm saying. I do. I, I, no, there's I, no, you're right. There's no Belichick question. Belichick only cares about what he thinks yep. will help him put W's on the board. Nothing else matters, you know. And go back to the Butler thing. I know there's like a, there's like more Malcolm Butler conspiracies than there are 9/11 conspiracies now. And I'm, you know. I understand fans like to engage in this kind of stuff. Belichick may have blundered by not playing Butler. I mean, everybody's right sometimes and wrong sometimes. Yep. <laughs> but there's no way he did it for any other reason than he thought that was the right thing to do. That's it. I'm one of the but rare. Belichick pe- doesn't do things that will cause him yep. to lose intentionally. He just doesn't do it. I'm one of the rare people in this market that actually believes that he played Eric Rowe because he thought he would actually play better against the Eagles. And I'm looking at the well, other guy, Glenn Orway. And Orbe, the fact right that the, the other guy was taking an IV at some point, he was in the hospital, yeah. he missed a bunch of meetings. This is a team that does game-specific yep. you know, planning. And, and again, it doesn't, worked mean for him. Was, it doesn't mean he was right. Right. But he thought he was right. Yeah. Okay, I agree with that. You know, so Bill Belichick thinks about winning all the time. It's all he thinks about. Um, you know, unless his wife is like right there telling him to think about something else. You know? I think he listens more to his girlfriend than he does his. Right. Is, is it a girlfriend? I don't yeah. even know. Um, so you know, side piece. And, so to your point, Guma. If there's stuff going across the wire tonight that he thinks is going to help the Patriots, yeah, he'll move up. He'll move back. Yeah. He'll do whatever, yep. and and he and he's not going to give a flying fuck about what anybody <laughs> right. writes in the paper the next morning. He'll he, he'll he'll use it to start a fire in his fireplace. He won't read it. Yeah. He doesn't care, and that's why you have a trophy case full of trophies. Yep. You know that, that's Put this why, way. Put that's this why way. Brady has all this hardware. It's why everybody has all this hardware. I think what I'm saying is, and you and you you're saying the same thing is like I'll be convinced that Rob Gronkowski is on the 2018 Patriots after the 2018 trade deadline. And like everyone is acting like on Tuesday that they met and an Instagram post went out and it's biblical. And I'm just saying well, it, it might ain't. Be. I mean, I, it might I, be, but I, yeah, but I mean, I'm I, not convinced. I, I, again, you know, none of us know. 
And that's why with the first... Patriots are so good at not giving you anything. And that's why the first four picks in the Patriots draft are going to be Hayden Hurst, Dallas Godair, Mike Jasicki, <laughs> and Jalen Samuels. That's what they're going to get. Well, the four funny, tight ends. You know what, Jim? Let's, just, <laughs> let's say they do take... Um, one of them. One of those guys with their first pick at 23. That's not even a tell for them. You know? Right. Like that, could, that could have nothing to do with it. Yeah. It could just be that that's the top on the board. Yeah. Belichick loves tight ends. You know, Jacecki's three cone, you know. <laughs> you know. Yeah, I saw that. Made him happy. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that, that that's the way they roll. So, I, listen, this is why I sort of enjoy the Patriots, even though I root for a team that gets their ass thoroughly kicked over and over again by the Patriots <laughs> because they do it right. You know, they're yeah. a how-to. Yeah. And uh, if you're not paying attention, you probably don't care that much about football. Yeah. All right, so lots to get to. So I got that off my chest, and uh, and did you? Yeah, it's out. If you need another minute, no, I'm good. Okay, I'm ready to go. So that's out. I like it when you're fired up. Yes, I think it adds a little dimension. Um, (laughs) We definitely had some sound waves. (laughs) You're blowing me away over here. I'm trying to turn my ear set down. (laughs) We are going to get into the tight ends now, and I also. But before we wrap, and by the way, I don't think this is a thin class. I think it's a. I think it's actually a very good class. I think in. In the wake of last year's class, it feels thin. Yeah, but top uh, heavy, low Pete, in terms of no I NFL like... production and fantasy production. Well, I the mean, latter yeah. it's well, a little sure, top the be- heavy. The best guys are always at the top, and yeah. I like the top three. And you know they- they've got their own tier. But I-, I I found some guys deep down that you know I I, I think are going to do some things. And obviously my rankings and I I, I you know I'm sort of look I I, I wrote the thing at like six a.m. and I-, I should have put in there like you know my my rankings are always slightly skewed to fantasy. I know our readers sort of know that. Yeah. Um, but, you know, my rankings that I just threw up there, you know, there's a guy near the bottom, um, the kid from Notre Dame. You know, I don't think he's going to be much of a fantasy guy. But He'll be a football player. He's going to be in the NFL a long yeah, time. Yeah, Durham Smythe. Right, and he could get drafted fairly high, for all I know. Yeah. Um, you know, so depending on how you're looking at these rankings, some of these guys could come up if all you care about is, you know, blocking. and, and He could be like a Mercedes a- Lewis. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Well, Mercedes Lewis... He can catch, though, a little if, bit. Yeah, if Mercedes Lewis had played with a better quarterback over the course of his career and maybe had stayed a little bit lighter... I mean, he had some nice receiving chops. Um, uh, I, I'm just saying, you know, this is a pretty good class, and I think uh, what's interesting about it is that, like, if you look at the top three guys, there are three very distinctive flavors Yep. Um, in, in, in those three players. So... Um, which is, I mean, I you know, I have them ranked one, two, three, but as I say in the article, it's really a three-way tie at the top. Yeah, and it sort of depends what you're looking for. Um, well, Hayden Hurst is the guy everyone knows, and his his skills are very well known. Did you think as as is his um, his uh, down points that he's you know 405 years old. He's 25 years old. You know, he's three years younger than Gronk. Yeah, he's old. I, and I mean that's. That's a key thing to understand with Hurst is he's game ready in, in, in part because he's old and mature. Um, but when you go down and you look at the other two guys, you know, again, I have them like if you were to just value their entire career, I have them really right there with Hurst. Yeah. But I, I do think Hurst is the guy you're going to get the most out of as a rookie. Um, but, you know, Gusecki, the long term upside is uh, is pretty extreme. Yeah. So, you know, depending on if you're, you know, if you're an NFL team. Your priorities are going to have a lot to do with which one you pick. Yeah, and like in reference to the Patriots, as a for instance, as you right. cite like in the article, the Jets, the, the Jets should cone. not, yeah, the Jets should not be taking Hayden Hurst. No, no, you they should. If you're the Jets, you should take Gasecki. They need, yeah, they need to get young and they need to get good for a long time. Right, right, yeah. right. You know, I mean, if uh, if you're the Cowboys, Hayden Hurst might make some sense. Yep. If you're Seattle, he might make some sense. Yep. 
certainly if you're the Patriots, I think Hurst would really add something to the offense. He'd give you, you know, the ability to, to do different things with Gronk and to relieve him of some, some blocking duties and, and vice versa. It's know? funny with the Patriots because both strategies potentially work for them. If if Hayden Hurst can help them in the short term, that helps. But they could also get a succession plan and a guy like Gesicki from Penn State that makes sense because you either have the guy that can play right now with Gronk and you have the guy that could potentially be a successor to Gronk. So both kind of strategies make sense in a way. Yeah, sure. Yeah, a- absolutely. I mean, it, it, yeah, I, I agree 100%. I mean, I, my money would be on them taking Hurst just because, you know, again, I, I, you've got to think they're in win-now mode. But, um, yeah, Gusecki's definitely got, uh, you know, Belichick. He's got that three cone that you wrote about, and that, yeah, that's exactly. real, man. He, All the Pats can do that. Right. He's definitely one of those guys I think Belichick would see and like. Um, and, and in all honesty, you get into Tier 2, um, in some ways it's a one-man tier for me. I love Ian Thomas. I almost wanted to attach him onto the end of Tier 1, but mm. sort of out of respect to those guys, I didn't. Um, it's sort of his tier because the other, you know, of the other two guys, Andrews I sort of put in Tier 2 just – out of general respect to what everybody else seems to think about it. I can't stand it. You're not a big fan. I, I'm yeah. not a fan at all. Um, just because I, he's, let's put it this, he's a tight end in name only. He doesn't block. Yeah, imagine being six. Tight five. ends are supposed to block. He's like one of those big hockey players that doesn't hit or fight. I hate those guys. Like six five, two fifty six. Use your body. You're huge. Yeah, I just, I was thoroughly unimpressed with him as a football player. Uh, receiver, sure, good receiver. He's got some you know good speed for a guy that size. Obviously, he's got some length. He catches the ball real well. Uh, he can do some damage after the catch. He's definitely got talent. Um, and I'm open-minded to looking at him as a fantasy option if some team really leverages in hard on him and he's going to get early playing time. Who knows? He he, he could be something good for fantasy. I'm yeah. not denying that. But uh, just in terms of being an overall football player, I was not impressed. Yeah. Um, and Jalen Samuels, I, you know, he's in here mostly for fantasy purposes because he's got a tight end distinction and he may carry that forward. But he's not a tight end. No, he's an I mean, H-back, running back. Pounds. He's 5'11". Yeah. This guy's not a tight end. You can't be 5'11 and be a tight end. All it's right, amazing I mean, he's even listed that way. Yeah, I, I, I'm still not quite sure what the whole Jalen Samuels tight end thing is all about. But, hey, it is what it is, and that's reality, so we roll with it. And if this guy you know, goes to the right team, right situation, and he hangs on to that tight end label, um, he could really be something for fantasy. It's cool for fantasy. And for Patriots fans, this is a guy to know, guys, because you can do anything with him. Think Rex Burkhead. You know, think like that. Uh, He's an interesting... Yeah, well, you know, uh, yes, he's he's a guy that, you know, the Burkhead thing makes sense, and um, Hayden Hurst as well. (laughs) Hayden Mm. Hurst has got some Burkhead in him. As, As I mentioned, I mean, Hayden Hurst got carries. I mean, they used him as a runner. You don't see many tight ends getting, you know, getting sweeps and goal line carries. Yeah. That's a weird thing for a tight end. And, I mean, Carolina did that with him on a fairly regular basis. Yeah. Um, and Hernandez, so, when he was before he was murdering people and getting caught for it, he would do that with the Pats, too. Yeah, and I think Hurst, you know, I, we, we've mentioned people over the years who could maybe come in and do the Aaron Hernandez thing. You know, Hurst is a guy who could maybe outdo the Aaron Hernandez mm. thing. He's got a lot of skill, and he's... The thing I love about Hurst is he's so fundamentally sound, and his route work is similar to Burkhead's in that it's just really, really, really good. Um, so I, I'm a big fan of Hayden Hurst. We went through Hurst before the combine. I'm, I'm, yep. 
Uh, he's one of my guys for sure. And Goddard is one of those guys who just sort of tantalizes with his athletic ability. Well, that's a guy we haven't spent a lot of skills, time on. His yeah. ability. Well, we talked about him before the combine, but yeah. um, you know, after the catch, he's a guy who does some very impressive things. And at the catch point, he's probably the best guy in the class, just in terms of like you know, in traffic, you know, fighting for balls when there's, you know, defenders hanging on him, that kind of thing. Very impressive. Uh, now, you know, he played at South Dakota State, um, which we've seen over the years, pretty good level of football. The Jacks are a hey. good team. They're well coached. Their competition is probably better than most people realize. But you're not playing against necessarily the same caliber athletes you are going to find in the SEC. Um, you're generally looking at smaller athletes. They're good football players, but a little smaller. And I think Goddard at times sort of used his athletic ability versus football technique mm, mm. to beat these guys because he could. And I think there will be an adjustment period for him in the NFL. Um, whereas you look at a guy last year, we talked about Corey Davis, who played a low level of competition for a guy who's going to go really high in the draft. Yeah. But Davis's coaches, you could tell, they beat it into him. No matter how much better you are than this guy across from you, stay fundamentally sound. Yeah, he's going to be a football play the, player. Play the position correctly. And yep. you could see how hard he worked when you looked at his footwork and his technique, which was just top shelf. Mm. And he's playing against guys that he could just sort of beat with his left hand, but he was staying tight with his fundamentals. That's a really good sign. I didn't catch that with Goddard. I felt it went a little bit the other way. Um, and I'm nitpicking here, by the way. I'm just, you know, yeah. I'm like, I'm finding faults. You know, you, you, I'm, I, might, I might be looking a little too hard here. But, you know, I think that might be a thing for him. I could see him having more of a traditional tight end curve because I think when he hits the NFL field, he might swim for a period of time. Um, and, and that's not a knock. I mean, look at Tight ends take time. I mean, I I had a lot of, you know, Twitter kerfuffles with people who were trying to t say Zach Ertz wasn't developing. He wasn't any good. Well, it took four years, but I think we can all agree now he's pretty good. Yeah. Um, and that's the nature of this position. It doesn't it's always happen good. right away. You come in and you're just decent for a year or two, and then you get good, and then all of a sudden you're great. That's the nature of tight end in the NFL. It does not always happen right away. It's even slower developing than, than wide receiver because you have so much more on your plate. Yeah. I, I, the, pass the, protection. Pass receivers pro don't have to pass protect. No, they know? don't. These guys do. They pay better. Are they right. going to be a, a lot, lot of, of people trouble. don't realize. Like, Gronk pass protects. Yep. In fact, he does it well. <laughs> you know? So that's... He's that's, a great blocker. Right. I, well, right. Blocker and pass protector. Yeah. I mean, Gronkowski is soup to nuts, just a really good football player. And... You know, that's why the Patriots probably don't trade him. And, you know, that's the Patriot process. They draft guys who are really good football players. Yeah. They're not into guys with, with blatant, exploitable weaknesses. And I'll tell you, if, you, if, you, if South Dakota State worries you at all, don't forget where Adam Vinatieri's from, you know? And that is a kicker. I know it's a lot different, but... Yeah, a little different. Yeah. But, yeah, so anyway, Tier 2, Ian Thomas, definitely like him. Samuels, we talked about him. Mark Andrews, not my favorite. Don't like him. Um, but I tell you what, Tier 3 is where I think the, the quality of the class gets underscored a little bit because Tyler Conklin out of Michigan, Central Michigan, excuse me, um, I was really impressed with his film. I'm mm. like, wow, who's this guy, you know? Um, now, he had a major injury going into last year. It was a Jones fracture, which I Ooh. actually have had. Yeah, that's a brutal injury. Yeah. Um, and it, it, it's a long it, recovery, no? It, it, it's, it's, it's long recovery Painful. in that 
even when you're back, you're not back. Right. It's painful though, John. Right. It's, yeah. it's you know, it, it, it ended Deuce Staley's career uh, a while back. Right. For, for those of our listeners who've been around, um, it's not a good injury for someone who needs to plant and cut, uh, especially if you're big. You know, if you're a big, heavy individual, and obviously, you know, Conklin's over 250. Um, so. Now he played the second, you know, the tail end of last year. I think he missed the first five games, so yeah. he's he's back. But is he what he could be? I thought his 2016 film showed a, a, a an athlete that was moving more freely. So yeah. you know, when he gets if if he gets back to that level um, and then starts to put all of you know the improving parts of his game together, you know, this guy could be a nice offensive tight end. Um, I think you hit an important word, though, Pete. You said if, right? So yeah. can the 2018 or 19 version of him be what he was in 16 or better? Yeah. Or I think probably, because yeah. he's, he's young. I think this is a tougher injury when, when you're a little older. I got mm. it when I was about 29, and the effects of it lingered until I was about 33. Mm. So, you know, but I was older, and I wasn't getting world-class rehabilitation and so on and so right. forth. Um uh, Herndon's the next guy on the list from Miami, 6'4", 253, good player. Um, but what I really like about this guy is that he moves like a receiver. He's an ex-receiver. Mm. Uh, and I think if he develops, I mean, he is. I love his release. He really gets off the line. Um, you know, he's, a, he's a, a tight end who can, you know, challenge safeties with his routes. So um, I don't know about early rewards from a guy like Herndon, but I definitely like him. Could be a fun um, dynasty pick. Sure. Um, if it, it, t- tight ends are very tricky in dynasty mm. because again, slow developing. How can you put a guy in your roster and let him sit there for two, three seasons? Yeah, they can clog you down. Right. Some people are really hesitant to do that. Mm. Now, depending on your league, you may have deep benches and it's no problem. You may have a, t- a taxi squad where rookies and second year players can both be on the taxi squad. So that can be a factor when you decide whether you want to chase guys who may have a long curve um, at a position. That, and again. Some dynasty. If you're in a 12-team dynasty league with one tight end, no flex, and no tight end premium scoring, then they're not worth that. Yeah, much. don't, don't right. even look so at it. So why would you want to slow roll a tight end? So yeah. it really depends on your league dynamics um, as, as to how you approach players like that. Makes perfect sense. Um, now let's get to tier four because here's where I think it really underscores some things. These are good players. Uh, you know. Um, Fumagalli from Wisconsin. Mm. I really like him. He's not special. He's not going to blow your mind. I don't think he's going to be some big fantasy guy, but you know he can block. He he's got very soft hands, and he does a lot of the little things. You know when he runs his routes, when he comes out of his break and he sees the quarterback, you know he he moves towards the quarterback. He comes back to him when when he when he sees the ball in the air and he knows he's got a defender in tight. He comes back to the football, so he's he's just a very fundamentally sound player. You can tell he's been taught well, um, and I think he's going to have a, a solid NFL career. Um, the blocking actually is different than the top guys at, uh, in the class because most of them are all pass catching with kind of limited blocking skills. So that's that's good for him. There's definitely a lot of that. Like I mean, this kid, like the Jets have been playing without a tight end for four years. He would have been the starter in the Jets for the last four years. Yeah. Um, and then you get this kid, Will Disley, who, I, I mean. I've, in all honesty, I've got less than a minute's worth of film on this guy. I mean, I just haven't been able to find him that Well, he's much. the convert, right? He's the positional, yeah. yeah. yeah was, a, was a defensive lineman. Yeah. Um, some people are really high on him. So, you know, I, I, he's sort of a placeholder in my rankings. Wasn't exactly sure what to do with him. Didn't have enough film to make, like, a firm judgment on what I think of him. So I'm sort of drafting behind what other people say. But the NFL, obviously, will have plenty of good film on him. Mm. And we'll, you know, we'll learn a lot about him by 
where he's taken in the draft, by who, uh, and he's a guy who could move up the board. That'd you know, be interesting. For, for That's an interesting drafts. thing. Yeah, it's it's interesting for guys like us who don't get the access that the teams get to see where he lands. You know, it'd be man, like, I wonder grinder, what they man. saw. I, it's yeah. rare that I can't find enough yeah. room to make some kind of judgment. This kid is one of those rare. I just couldn't find anything on him, and I, I you know, I didn't watch any of his full games this year. So I, you know, uh, and I'm not gonna lie about it. I could fake this, but I'm not going to fake. Yeah, look, I don't um, think the listening audience is going to be is going to be too remiss by missing some Will Disley uh, film. Well, you know, listen, all I can tell you is I looked for a film on him for over an hour. There you go. <laughs> I spent an hour of my life looking to yeah. see more of him, and I couldn't come up with it. Um, I've, I've seen him play a little defense. <laughs> not helpful. Um, so uh, Dalton Schultz is the next guy, and I really like Dalton Schultz uh, out of Stanford. Um, I think he's going to be a good football player, probably be in the league for a long time. Um, sort of odd, though, in that he's got a long body type and, and sort of a low center of gravity. I think he needs – I think he could actually be a really good blocking tight end in the NFL if he can put on a little more upper body mm. oomph. Um, he's 244 at 6'5". That's sort of a low number. Kind of lean, yeah. If he could end up playing at 255 after a year or two in a good strength and conditioning program, I think he could be a, a very solid tight end. Mm. And he's got the ability to develop into a receiver. But I, his routes left me wanting, like almost all of them. I didn't. He sort of gets to the top of his stem and dies. I don't, mm. you know, uh, just sort of spins around. Mm. Um, somebody needs to teach this kid uh, how to sink and get out of a break. But that's okay. He's, he's he's doing a lot of things right, and he catches the ball well. So I think someone's going to take this kid, I don't know, fourth, fifth, sixth, something like that, and I think he'll stick. Hmm. Um, but for fantasy, probably a guy we want to get a look at before we really sink yeah. into yeah. him. Um, and, and tier five, you know, guys 12 through 15. Um, these, you know, Blake Mack is 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 a, a project who's really for fantasy people. Arkansas um, but, State, guy. but we talked about Smythe. Uh, Jordan Atkins is a really good athlete. Ryan Izzo, I like Ryan Izzo mm. a lot. Big I program. Mean, he, too. He's he's a tenacious little bugger. Um, <laughs> little, he's two fifty six. Six five, two fifty six. Yeah. But, but you know, I, and and he can catch the ball. I, I think he will make some plays offensively. But to me, he's more of a a lunch pail guy than mm. a than a, a guy who's going to be putting up a lot of offensive stats. But you know, he's another guy who's going to play in the league. So. For NFL teams, for NFL purposes, and you're looking for a, who are you know they're looking for tight ends this year. I think they'll be fine. Yeah. Um, mm, you know, for for fantasy, uh, it's you know landing spots are going to matter a lot, um, and you know depth chart situations can have a lot to do with getting on the field early, and 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 that can have a lot to do with fast tracking your development. You know, unlike quarterbacks, we're never upset when our non quarterbacks get on the field early. Yeah. Because you, you know. You're not going to ruin your fundamentals by playing early at non-QB positions. Yep. So that, that's going to be big. We don't know where these guys are going. Yeah, look, the landing spot's going to be huge, and we'll be talking yeah, about I it. I mean, one of these guys could go to the Saints. <laughs> and then it, that know. changes everything. <laughs> well, look at like, if yeah, look if um you know the guy who's uh, who's all catch no block at six five two fifty six Mark Andrews he goes to the to the Saints like look out you know what I mean that could really yeah benefit I, him. I'd be surprised if Peyton wanted a guy like that. I, mm. I mean, I, if you want an offensive tight end, I think you can do better. Yeah. Just because, I, to me, I don't mind if my offensive tight end isn't a great inline blocker, but you better at least be able to do some blocking in space. Have some balls, yeah. You know, I mean, I it tries. I mean, if, if if Jarvis Landry is a better blocker than you and you're a tight end, yeah, it's not good. I, I don't want to look at you. That's and not I, good. well, that's maybe not fair because Landry's sort of an exceptional blocker. But you know what I mean? These wide receivers who block well. No, it reminds yeah, me. I, of I, like the... I'd rather put Larry Fitzgerald as my big slot, and you know, because yeah, he, he can block. Yeah, you know, even an, an aging guy like Fitz, I'd rather have him. Well, 
another probably another bad example because that's a Hall of Fame player. But you know what I'm saying. I do know you. Jordan saying, Matthews. Yeah. You know, Jordan Matthews is going to put on a better block on most people than this guy. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm with you. <laughs> you know, I, I. But I really am. I. The Saints got to make a move at tight end at some point. I would think that's coming. I would think that's coming. And again, so so you've got 15 guys ranked, um, and that's the kind of offensive operation that one of these guys that's maybe a little unheralded could just po- slide in and be something. So good for him. Yeah, that's the I, that's the spot. You know, the, the sliding guy I think is definitely Hurst. But you know, the Saints are the Saints are that special situation where you take a kid like Goddard, who is maybe a little bit raw for the NFL. But because Peyton and Breeze have been around so long, because their system is so embedded, they don't have to. They don't do a lot of coaching amongst themselves. They don't coach the coaches. You know, we've seen veteran quarterbacks when it when when they see a kid who they think is a priority, they can bring that kid along a little quicker. Yeah, Favre did it with a bunch of guys. Yep. he was great at it. Percy Harvin's rookie year, Favre saw it. He's like, that kid can help me win games. Mm. He took him under his wing day one and. They started working on routes together, and Harvin had a big rookie year. You know, Breeze could do that with the right tight end. Yep, I think you're right. Yep, on that. So I think that's a good analysis on the tight ends, and I'm a little itchy to get back into the quarterbacks because it's draft day. Let's do you know it. what I mean? No, no, no. Let's. Yeah. Tight ends are done. Let's. Yeah. We got uh, what? How many? What's the countdown right now? First pick is what eight. Eight o'clock, yeah. Oh, so baby. by the time you're listening to this, it's probably only a few hours away. You know, we're recording this midday. Um, I'm watching OMF in the other in the in the other studio right now, live on the WEI Sports Radio Network. So, but this will be up probably by late afternoon. You'll have a little time to digest it, and uh, and also, you know, Pete's articles are there, and the other four podcasts that we did. So, if you want like a general yeah, my overview, podcast, uh, with yeah. Elliot Christ went up today too. So, yeah, so there's a lot of a lot of stuff for you to kind of just dive into if you want to blow the rest of the day off and start drinking. You can listen to about seven hours of Pete and I yeah, podcast. Don't, don't even watch the draft. Just just <laughs> just, just listen, listen to, to the stuff we said before it happened. <laughs> <laughs> it's much more exciting. All right, so on, shift, shift into the quarterbacks. I want to um, get something off my chest. Uh, are you here? We I, go. I, I know where you are on this because we've talked about it. But yeah, after all this time and it's draft day, and I don't know if it's just to get guys like us talking or people thinking, but I'm, I, I can't believe I'm seeing Josh Allen as a top quarterback on so many like prominent boards, like Mel Kiper. I mean, he's well, the pe- guy we've talked mm. about him. He's, yeah. He's the risk reward guy. He's got the ceiling, but he's got the well, today. You've he's got heard the flaws, the, you know. You've heard all the craziness today with, with the this, yeah, with the social yeah. media stuff. I mean, how is this guy <sighs> just uh, just on accuracy and bust factor? How is he at the top anyway? And then you add all this nonsense today. Yeah. Well, no, I guess people didn't really know about the tweets. Although, if you're an NFL team and you didn't know about the tweets, shame on you. I mean, that's like one of the first things I'm going to do. It's I, you just get some intern and be like, hey, dig through his tweets. Let's make yeah. sure. Make sure he's not a Nazi or something. That's what you do you when know? you hire people. Since, it's part of the hiring process. Since we're going to invest now. like a hundred million dollars in this guy, yeah, um, it's part of the hiring process and, now. You know, and, everywhere and our, and, and our future employment and all that other yeah. stuff. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, this it, I I'd be sort of surprised if these tweets were a big shock to any NFL team. And and somebody put it out that you know maybe a team that wants them just pump this stuff out into the media, see if they can get them to slide. Um, and they put it forth like this is some huge idea they just mm. had. It's sort of like, well, no kidding, dude. <laughs> yeah, that's obviously what might have just happened. Uh, or it was somebody holding it because it's a bigger story if you let it go day of the draft. Mm. But um, it, it was there for anybody to find. And by the way, Carson Wentz had a bunch of stuff in his tweets too. He He had a bunch of homophobic tweets before he came into the league. I mean, yeah. this is not new. I mean, these these are like teenagers on social media, man. I mean, I'm an old man, but I mean, I thank God there was no social media when I was a kid. 
<laughs> we all used to say stupid stuff. Oh my god! I, right? I, so I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to just take this kid and throw him into the trash bin. If he has cleaned his act up, if he has seen the light, and if he's not that kind of person anymore, well, you know what? We all make mistakes. Uh, I was but, a little worried about this guy before all this, but definitely came out. it merits an apology. Yeah, because, you know that much is clear. Yeah, um, and you know ripping on LeBron when you might go to Cleveland. <laughs> Probably not a great idea. Not a great idea. Um, That's the ambassador of the city there. Yeah, and for good reason. And what a city um, it is. I, have you ever been? <laughs> you know, I, I haven't, it. actually. I I'm Cleveland. talking a lot of smack. I haven't I'm, been. I'm a big fan of Cleveland. I've been, and it is, it is. it is. I mean, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, good stuff. Um, it was actually when I worked with you at the Mets. Oh, yeah? I won a sales contest. That's right. I got a I got an all-expenses-paid trip to the All-Star Game, brought the wife. That's right. I remember uh, that. It was, it was an absolute blast. Was it at the Jake? Was the Jake ex- was, in existence then? It was the then, year or? the Jake opened. They had okay. the All-Star Game there. Nomar, yeah. Nomar was in the rookie home run derby. Yeah. And, dude, I mean, he put on a freaking display. Oh, I bet. I'm sitting there with my wife watching. I'm like, honey, this guy's special. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. He was just... Torching balls into the left field stands. It's a guy who should have never ever got on the juice, and I'm yeah, convinced he did. He yeah. was like he was lanky. We've and had this limber whole conversation and... before. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it was. So anyway, I'm, I'm a big fan of Cleveland. I had a great time when I went out there. Um, the flats. There's so many cool parts about the city. Um, so sort of gets a bad rap. Actually, sort of a cool place. Yeah. Um, like if you got drafted by Cleveland and you had to go live there for a decade. Be all right. I'd be Other than it. playing for the Browns, it would be a great well, experience. The, the, yeah, the, the Browns and their ownership, that's yeah, terrible. That, that's the not good part of terrible. it. Terrible. Um, so anyway, back to Josh Allen. Look, I, I, I can understand why somebody would rank him as their top prospect. And I was actually getting it in, into it on Twitter yesterday about how the thing I don't like about the, all the nasty takes on Josh Allen is that people act like there's no way he can make it. Well, that's just a crock. Yeah, he can definitely make it's it. risk reward. Yeah, I, I think I think in my article I said if he puts in all the work and he gets good coaching, he's like like a fifty fifty shot. Yeah, and you know, and if he hits, he could hit huge. Yep. So there's every reason in the world to be interested in him as a football player, um, but it's a risky move. So, like as I said yesterday and the day before, for a team like the Jets, where you've already just you got enough risk. Put, put all this assets into yeah. this move. You almost have to not take a huge gamble because, gosh, if you are wrong, you just set yourself back forever. Yeah. And if you're McCagnan, you're never going to work in this industry again as a GM. You'd be lucky to you know to work under a GM somewhere. To me, to me, a guy like him, like like Allen, it's it's for the team that has has a, like a steady foundation that could like could, that could gamble on the upside with that. But a team like the Jets or the Browns. Considering him, it's it's yeah. it's nonsense. Well, it's absolute nonsense. The thing is, I don't disagree with what you just said, but the thing is, no team is ever going to look at itself and say we're not good and we don't have a good foundation. They should. But, no, they shouldn't. No one, should, but, no one should ever do that. But You're, there's a lot of. If teams I'm running a team, Jim, I'm not going to say I'm not smart. I don't belong here. No, no, but there, but you have to you have to be realistic and know who you are. I mean, like you know, the Browns. Uh, I disagree. A bad on organization. If you're in a competition, you have to have the attitude that I can win it. Otherwise, you shouldn't be in the competition. So I, no, I get that, but you you have to you have to know where you're where you're where you're weak and where you're strong. You know what I mean? And I think a, a team like the Browns or Denver or the Jets and teams that really have fatal flaws. They they can't waste a pick on a guy that has such agree. high risk. I don't agree. I, I agree with the Jets because they've already gone too far all in. I agree with the Jets. They gave up so much draft capital. But, you know, I mean, look, if John Elway thinks this guy's a great quarterback, I mean, he is a great quarterback, probably knows, well, definitely knows more about quarterback than most of us. So I'm not going to tell him he can't do it. Um, you know, I, I mean, I hear what you're saying. Yeah. But, you know, 
if you're the person running an organization, you better think you have a good organization. I mean, look, if you took it over 10 minutes ago and you haven't made any changes yet and it's still someone else's organization, okay, fine. But you know what I'm saying? I mean, you have to think your process is good. No, I, I, I think we're if hearing you, each other. I'm just saying, I, I'm, I'm say foundation. I mean, like your, you know, the players that you have and well, what, the, and the capital that you have to get better. You know, here, you can't mess. Like, you can't mess with it. Like the Patriots, for instance. Um, could they? Right, we're, could, we're getting down a wormhole here. No, I'm here, just saying, oh, real, here's, here's real quick, real quick. The Patriots could conceivably not draft a quarterback this year, and they'd be okay, depending upon what's out there next year or a free agent or whatever. But the smart thing to do is to get one now, at least sow the seed. And I think certain teams have certain needs um, that that don't overtake or overwhelm your opportunity for risk or your tolerance for risk, but it has to be a consideration. And for some organizations, well, it's always a consideration. It's, too it's high, a consideration you know? for any pick you make. What I'm saying is that what's going to make or break this player is coaching. So if, you know, if I'm really looking at my organization as a basis for whether I want to play or not, the thing I'm going to look at is whoever's going to be doing the coaching with this particular player. Now, for some organizations, the head coach is going to actually be a big part of developing a quarterback. For some, it's a defensive head coach, and it'll be a coordinator. For some, it'll actually be the QB coach. You know, so it'll or most likely it's going to be a combination of these people. And to me, that would actually be the basis of my decision. Do I have people who a want to be in in business with this quarterback? Like, are does my quarterback coach say to me? Dude, I see exactly what he's doing wrong. I can fix it. And this guy has a history of making good technical changes with players. You know, that's a good situation. I might take Josh Allen in that scenario. I got you. Yep. If no, I've there's got nuance a, to it. If, for sure. if I've got a coaching staff that doesn't have history of building up fundamentals at the position, if they need a finished product and they're more scheme guys than technique guys, then I'm going to be a little bit more hesitant to do it. So... It, it, it comes down to nuts and bolts. Yeah. It comes down to do the you know do you have faith in the people in your organization? Do they have the technical acumen to get the job done? And do, is this player a player who will accept the coaching? Because and I'm a person who used to spend a lot of time teaching technique to athletes. I was a college coach. It's a different sport, but I was a college coach and the willingness of the athlete to accept the coaching is a huge factor. That's what Parcells it, and Belichick have been saying for years. Is he it's coachable? It's a huge, huge yeah. factor. When you get somebody whose mind is open, who wants to get better, who feels that you have the expertise to give to them, the two-way process can occur, and people who do who do it one way now can do it a different way at a later point in time. Yep. It, it, it you know, it is. It, this is a big thing that you hear in with football writers these days is, no, you can't coach this stuff at the pro level. You know, a quarterback is what he's going to be when he comes out of college. It's the biggest load of nonsense I've ever heard. It's anybody who says that, I would stop listening to that person. Mm. They don't know what they're talking about. Now, is is that the case sometimes? Sure. Yeah. Why is it the case? Because they're too busy doing other things at the pro level. They, they're given too much too soon, and they're too busy trying to keep up with all the personalities in the huddle and all the things that are being thrown at them in the playbook. And yes, it's hard to do all that stuff at once and correct your technique at the same time, yeah. which is why quarterbacks should get time. You don't throw a person into the fire if they still have technique stuff on their plate. You know, there's a process that has to the players have to go through. There's a way to do things. And every player is different. Each player might have different capacities. You know, some guys might be able you know, you know that you know that game where you, you rub your stomach in one direction and you like tap your head? Yeah. You know, some people can't so some if people you're coordinated can. or not. Right. Yeah. Some people 
learn one thing at a time. Some people can learn three things at a time. You know, but that person who learns one thing at a time, if you order the process, yeah, it the can finished work. product can be very good yeah. still. Yeah. Right. So I, all I'm saying is a good organization and a good GM can diagnose this situation and make a value judgment and say, yeah, we can totally make this player work. And then to like what you were saying, are your chips, your dominoes, are they set up to have a learning player in your QB room? Maybe they're not. Yeah, that's the thing. that The impatience actually always strikes me. Like, I heard it this morning on Kirk and Kellen. They're talking about Lamar Jackson. I could hear it in Jerry's voice. He's so interested in Lamar Jackson at the opportunity to see him on the field doing something in some way this year. To me, it's not about that at all. It's like, what he can give you in two years if he sits and watches the greatest player, the greatest quarterback, and the greatest coach groom him. That's what I'm excited about. I'm not excited about 2018. It's such backwards logic when I hear people say, well, if you take him at the top of the draft, you got to play him. No, I I disagree. It's like, well, wait a minute. But, well, because you spent so much on him. Well, wouldn't that be all the more reason to make sure the investment works out long term? Exactly. Right? Particularly if you're built in a way that you're going to be competitive at the top anyway. (laughs) The Patriots are always right in the final four, if not the final two, if not the final one. Here's what's interesting about Lamar Jackson for the Patriots, to me. I mean, other than the fact that he's just a hugely compelling player in in general, and the Patriots are a hugely compelling organization. He is a player that can do things to help you win right now. So the Patriots could have him be grooming him to be the future quarterback, but he could also be a gadget player. Could do some fun stuff with him. Because we know the way the Patriots work on offense. So he could be a guy one week, he's on the field for 20 plays. Yeah. You know, and then another week he doesn't play at all. You know, but he is, as I like to say, a club in your bag yeah. that you may. Hey, you know what? You know what we could use here? Give me that Lamar Jackson for a second. Or they just show him and make people have to prepare for that. Well, which that is an too. advantage. A- absolutely. You, you know, I, to your point, I guarantee you he would play week one. Right, just to show Lock. it. Yep. Lock, he plays week yep, one. Just to show Belichick it. Because Belichick wants to put him in every defensive coordinator's yeah. mind. you got to think about this guy. Spend a few hours and, on this while we do something else and beat you again. But here's the other thing I like about Jackson for the Patriots. Because of the way, because of the type of player he is, the type of athlete he is, yes, you want to groom him long term. And yes, you want to make sure he learns all the things he needs to learn to get some of this stuff from his conscious mind embedded into his subconscious mind. That's a big thing for athletes. Mm -hmm. You want things to become natural where you don't have to think about them anymore. That way you can suck in the whole playbook because you're not thinking about your technique. But hypothetically, and I don't want to say anything, you know, knock on wood, but if something happened to Brady, say the Patriots were 12-1 and and Tom Brady had a high ankle sprain, six to eight week injury. Mm. He's out. He's done. You're the number one seed in the AFC. You've got home field advantage, and Tom Brady's not going to be available to you until the offseason. This kid could step in. You could scheme it up for him, make it as simple as he needs it to be at that moment. And we've seen them do that. And win the Super Bowl. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You probably wouldn't win it with Brian Hoyer. Right. But this kid, you go in, you flip everything around, and all of a sudden the Patriots are sort of a different offense, and they're just kicking your ass in a whole new way. Yep. That's what, to me, is sort of compelling about Jackson. Whereas if you take Mike White or Kyle Laletta, Hoyer's going in, and yep. that's what you are now. Yep. So I, I haven't heard anybody sort of talk about it that way, and mm. I just wanted to make that point where there is sort of I like it. added value to Jackson because he's such a monster chess piece. 
He could A, help you the way we talked about Gadget, put him in teams' minds, but he's also just sort of sitting there. Just in case. And if you, you know, break glass if necessary at the quarterback position, God forbid something happens to to, to the GOAT, bring this guy in. Yeah. And it would be pretty exciting. And you know that they'd be ready. I, I, go, I go back to this reference a lot, but the, the one time that Jacoby Brissett played, it was a Thursday night. They had very short time to prepare for that, and they were ready and they won. So yeah. they, the, Belichick and his guys can get ready, right, and they can get ready fast, and they get ready yeah. in a hurry, and they can do it properly. So Right. So the idea that maybe if Jackson's there at 23, they would take him. I mean, if I were the Patriots, I would take him. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously, they, you know, they've got a, a need at tackle. They have to come out of the first round with a left tackle in my mind. They well, really do. I, yeah, I don't it's just because it's so thin. Eh? I, I mean, mean, I think you're right. Yeah. But how many times have we seen NFL guys not do it, including the Patriots? You know, they may know more about somebody uh, later on. They, yeah, deeper yeah, down, or or some guy that's on the roster that we don't. They get might like all. Garcia. They might like right. him. But you know, I mean, know? who knows with the Patriots? But the thing is, they're very confident in what they think. Yeah. And I mean, I'm with you. It looks to me like they need a left tackle. Yeah. It seems pretty obvious, but. You know, um, I, I remember screaming at Gettleman for years, like, would you draft some offensive linemen mm. for Cam? And then mm-hmm. every year, everything but, you know. Yep. And he'd just be, and, and he can he can move, and he'd right. just be and under duress the, all the and time. And then they're in the Super Bowl, and I'm going, <laughs> okay, well, I guess I was wrong. Out, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, so uh, I, I'm with you. I mean, and hey, if, if they pass up on the young quarterback to take a left tackle, no one's going to say boo. That's a perfectly reasonable yeah. thing to do. Yeah. Um, but it wouldn't shock me if they went after the, this kid. And, uh, you know, they could always try to move their other pickup if there's a tackle. Well, like. what would be tantalizing would be if you if you did go for Jackson for all these reasons we're talking about early, and then, you know, one of the two tackles that's got first-round pedigree is there at 31 or, like, 29, and you move up. You know what I mean? And then you kind of satisfy both needs. And then you can address all those other needs that they have that I have right. just been I, pounding my chest over. I, I want not one playmaking linebacker. I want two. Or yeah. a playmaking linebacker and an edge rusher. They need some combo of two or three out of those. Belichick's really good at, you know, making chicken salad out of... Chicken you know, poop. Yeah, he's pretty good at that. So I... I I have belief that they will figure this linebacker thing out, whether they use first round or second round picks on it or not. Or third. The, the beauty, if Jackson somehow slipped to twenty three, so they could use him with a natural pick, take him with a natural pick. Yeah. Then you've got two second round picks. You have your quarterback, and you could try to move up yep. with that second round pick with the with the late first rounder because you no longer need the second rounder for Laletta or White or whoever you love. Yep. So, you know, as usual, they have the assets to do a lot of different things. So I'm sure they're going to attack their board the right way and end up with the best uh, array of talent yep. for the assets they have. It's going to be fun. I but can't it's wait. it's so much fun to watch tonight. It is. It's, it, anytime the Patriots are looming like that, it's yeah, interesting. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And Belichick's just, even he, I, I, and he could do nothing. But just the specter of him there yeah. will cause other yep. people to sweat and maybe make moves they yeah. wouldn't otherwise have made because the Patriots need because everyone needs quarterbacks and the Patriots need quarterbacks and they have extra picks. So I mean, you know, I feel the Jets have already done their thing. I'm not too worried about them. I mean, there's this rumor they could give up next year's first rounder to get to three. No, nah, I I think they have their my, position my head will and they explode select. like at the yeah. end of scanners, right? <laughs> <laughs> but but it, the, the, the people I'm really worried about are the poor Bills fans and the Dolphin fans mm. because like there's talk of these guys moving up. And 
I mean, if you're a Patriot fan, you just have to love this so much because all the teams in your division are overpaying to do things, and you just sit there and win. Yep. Yeah. You know, and if if the Dolphins and the Bills both move up, I mean, think about it from the New England perspective. They're chasing you, but they're paying a premium to do it. Yep. Yeah. So they're 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 running to stand still if they're lucky. Yeah. Yep. Good U two song, by the way. Yeah, but it's <laughs> it's just funny how that all, you know the, the teams in this division keep making the same mistakes. The Patriots just keep being the Patriots. Well, what's interesting too is that this is the one year um, since this whole thing has started for for the Patriots where you could conceivably have all the teams in the division with with like a solid quarterback position. You know what I mean? Like you could come out... Or at least with, in theory. Yeah, you could, like, May- Mayfield could go to the Jets and and Buffalo sounds and Miami like, could get a guy. You know what I mean? So Sounds like Mayfield's going one. He might. Which makes me which makes me a little nervous. That could get Darnold to you, though, which would be nice. Well, well, that's... Right. I mean, the Jets are in a great Rosen. position for what could happen. Yeah. But, I'm, you know, as a Jet fan, I'm always more concerned with what is going to happen. Yes. Um, and if, it, if, if, if it's Mayfield-Darnold... Ugh. And then the Jets are sitting there. Now I have to sit here and go, you know, please don't take Allen. Yep. And I, you know, I'm not the biggest Rosen fan in the world. I mean, I, I would be fine if the Jets had stayed at six and gotten Rosen. Yeah, that's that a nice pick. Fine, right? Nice pick. But man, at three it feels a little early for me. Well, at yeah. three, he kind of feels like a, a potential bust well, to just me. Just giving up the six pick and yeah. three second rounders to get him. Yeah. That's it's a lot of expectation. Because now you're taking the guy who needs the most in terms of pass protection. Yep. And you've gutted all the picks you would use to, to, to give to him achieve that. that. Yeah. Right. I mean, the Jets' offensive line is, eh, it's not awful, but it's not great. You mm. definitely need to to improve yourself on the edges if, you know, if you're going to get a guy like Rosen. So yeah. I'm thinking it's Sam Darnold to you guys. If uh, Darnold would be good. Yeah. Because Darnold is built to sort of deal with. Yep. Jet jet life. Yeah, he's got the he's kind of got the whole package like we talked about earlier in the week or last week when we did the QB. If here's the thing, if Mayfield goes one, unless the Giants are so, unless the blinders are on to such an extent where they just will, can only take Barkley and that's it, I mean, they'd be lunatics not to sell that pick. I know everybody on the planet's going to be like, oh, I can get Darnold at the two. Do the Giants um, have a, a second round pick? Or do they deal yeah, it? I'm pretty sure they do. Yeah, if they so so look at they could take Barkley, and then we've been talking, you know, all off season about the Patriots looking at guys like Mike White or Kyle Oletta or Luke Falk. I mean, maybe maybe that's what they do. You know, the, the Giants. Yeah, yeah, that's certainly. Well, I mean, I if I guess the way it stacks up is if they don't take the quarterback, what they're saying is they're buying into the Eli to Webb transition, maybe. Mm. So maybe they wouldn't even feel like they needed to use a second rounder on a quarterback. That's I mean, a I'm, funny transition because I don't like the 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 former or the latter. Um, <laughs> you know, right, right. right. Now. Well, I mean, I I actually don't mind Webb personally. I think he's a nice block of clay, but he is just a block of clay. But they, the thing is, I I was getting into this on Twitter with some Giant fans yesterday. You know, I when Webb is coming out, I thought third round. Davis Webb is a pretty good pick. Yeah, um, you know I wouldn't want him in the first round because he clearly is a guy <laughs> who needed time. Uh, but uh, you know he's big, tall, six foot five, really good combine. Throws a nice deep ball. He's got, you know, his foot position on his throws is outstanding. Um, I mean he's he's got some issues reading defenses. He needs work, but 
you know, they've had him for a year. We don't know how Davis Webb's progressed. They wouldn't put him on the field last year. And by my analysis, that was a really good move. He wasn't a guy you wanted to throw into it on a team that was dysfunctional with no wide receivers and a head coach who's fighting with management and is about to get fired. I mean, it was good that they didn't put Webb in the middle of that. Like, that was perfect day for Geno Smith. Good luck, Geno. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, have a nice time. Enjoy. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, the Giants are sitting there. Second overall, they do have the second overall pick of the second round. Um, All right, so, so they're in pretty good position yeah. regardless of what they do. But I think uh, I would flip what you said, and I would say, well, instead of waiting on the quarterback, why not wait on the running back? Like, they might be able to do Darnold Geis. Yeah, even better. Right. right. You know, yeah. like, I think I would play it. You know, I mean, I, I spent a lot of time spouting on, you know, you can take a running back high in our podcast yesterday. Um Conventionally, it's not the right thing to do. Yep. I mean, you know, 99 or 95% of the time, somewhere in there, you shouldn't be taking a running back high. There needs to be a really compelling reason yeah. to do it. Well, we hit um, it. I think we hit it with Barkley in terms of just yeah. everything that you can do with him on the field. Right, you right. Know? Uh, yeah, right. Barkley, I can understand. Ezekiel Elliott, I can make an argument for David Johnson. It's a little definitely. bit of a push. David Johnson, small school guy, so he wasn't in the, wasn't in the discussion. Yep. But, but the Fournette pick was, in my mind, yeah, just silly. You Old school. Yeah. You don't take Leonard Fournette that high. I mean, real good running back, but I, you know, I can find that guy later, um, or at least a guy who's a reasonable facsimile. Yeah. Um, and, and like this year, you might be able to get Chubb at the top of the second round. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I in my opinion, Fournette, he's got nothing on Chubb. Um, mm. So, you know, if I'm the Giants, I would probably look at going like Darnold Chubb or Darnold Geis. Uh, if I were them, this is uh, the rare. And, and if they think Eli can play this year, great. Let Eli play. Let yeah. him. Let him groom Darnold. Um, so you don't have to throw Darnold to the wolves. That's awesome. And if Eli's playing like crap, and if Darnold's totally outplaying him, playing him in practice, then you make the switch yeah. whenever it's the right time to do it. But not no matter who the rookie quarterback is, the way the NFL works these days, if you can keep them down for September, if you can even just a couple weeks makes a huge difference. Yeah. Um it's just you know, some teams need to win and they're not in a position to do it and you know What's going to What's going to be great tonight, Pete, is that the drama starts at as soon as the bell goes off. Oh, you know what I mean? The drama starts like a few days ago. Yeah, but the first pick and the second pick and the third pick, they're all so compelling, and it's usually not that way. You know, usually yeah. at and the top, it's like, I'm going to take Andrew Luck, and then on you go. So it's really, you, it, you it, it's off to the races fast. It's a fast race, and it's going to be a long, good race. See, I was going to say the opposite. I think, I mean, is there, with the exception of the Jets, is there a team early that's running that pickup? Well, like, I, think, I, I think Cleveland's using their entire clock. They're going to take calls. You know. No, what I mean by fast race is that the anticipation is going to be great from the start. That's what I mean. Oh, like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the drama starts oh, dude, as soon as the bell with, sounds. When yeah. you and I finish this, I've, I, I, I'm watching um, draft day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because I can't, I can't take all the hype. It's killing me. I need to turn <laughs> myself off. I'm going to watch that movie. I, I still haven't seen it. Oh, is that right? Yeah, I heard it was really good. Yeah. So. Good. Have, have you seen it? No, I have not yet. No. Yeah, I just for, just so you know, four ninety nine. You can buy it on Amazon. That's cool. Yeah. So right. I'm gonna I'm gonna stream that bad boy. There's a shot. Um, but yeah, so I, I'm I, I I don't know what you think, but I think you're gonna see a lot of clock running, at least until most of those quarterbacks. Run that's the, the drama. That's the that's the oh, yeah. that's the serial killer in the movie. That's you know when you're hiding in the closet upstairs, like we don't know if he's gonna you know. If he's going to make it all the way to the top, if he's going to be able to get out of there, it's it's got drama right off the outset. So I'm if you're the Giants, it. It just, and Giants, here's just a little bit of advice, because I know Gettleman listens. Um, 
if you're taking Barkley, use the whole clock. And even if you're not actually making a phone call, put the phone up to your ear. Yeah. Just because that way, the next day, you can say, we talked to people, we thought, we looked at what we could get for a move mm. back, and we didn't. Because if you just say, we took Barkley, you're an idiot. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> so yeah, holding least, so many chips, yeah. I at mean, least just... come up with a plausible story yeah. about how we we looked at all of our options. You yeah. know, don't, play don't poker. just run up the Barkley. Yeah, they've got they they need to play poker, and if they're smart, they will. Well, if they're yeah, if they're yeah, I mean, if they're smart, they make some kind of like we've been through this a million times. Smart is at least moving back with the Jets, um, and if you have some guts. Move back to five, you know. Mm. Uh, it, it would be. I, it, it's sad for if the Giants really have Barkley so far ahead of the pack. It's unfortunate for them because they're losing a huge opportunity to play this like a master. Yeah. You know? I mean, it, like if they had Chubb and Barkley as co-equal, imagine what they could do with that pick. Yeah. Because you could move back to five, and you know you're going to get one of them. Yep. And if you get burned, that means you. You made a profit on taking one of the high end quarterbacks. Somewhere else, yeah. Like, there's literally no way to lose if you move back to five. Yeah. Staying pat is the way that they potentially lose. Right. Yeah. I mean, so I, I feel bad for Giant fans, but you know, not that bad. Not that exactly. <laughs> right. not, not that bad. Hey, we're gonna wrap it up, and I hope you guys have enjoyed all this. Wait, wait, wait. we can't wrap it up. Why? Because I gotta go. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all, right. all right. One more minute. All right. Because I think we each have to at least take a guess. Oh, okay. okay. Don't we? Yeah, I think that's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. Let's let's first three picks, each take a guess. I'm writing it down. One, two, three. Right. I'm going with I'm gonna go with the draft that hurts me the most. Mm. I'm gonna go Mayfield to the Browns. Then I'm gonna go Darnold to the Giants. Ooh. And Rosen to the Jets. Okay. I'm, and that's not happy for me, by the way. Okay. But that's what I think is going to happen. I have no faith in the Browns, okay? <laughs> so I think they're going to F it up in a big way. Um, I'm tempted to say Josh I Allen. I button-hooked you here. You didn't know I was going to yeah, do this. No, I, I'm tempted <laughs> to say they're going to go with Josh Allen. Do that's it! What, that's what they've been saying all year long. But they won't. They, 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 the, the Browns are going to take Sam Darnold. Okay. That's a good call, I think. Actually. I think the Browns are going to take Sam Darnold. I think the Giants won't have the balls to trade. And they'll take Barkley, and yep. the new quarterback of your New York Jets will be Baker Mayfield. Oh, man, I like your thing so much better than mine. But, okay. you know, I had to do it my way because I had to. I have to reverse jinx the Jets. I have to. And then it's I'm the only gonna, way I'll ever get what I want. And then I'm going to throw my Patriots picks out for you. Oh, yeah, okay, good. Yeah. Do that. The Patriots are going to, in the, the rare occurrence, are going, are they are going to move up a little bit. Okay. They're going to take Lamar Jackson, a quarterback, with their top, with their top first round pick. They're going to trade. How as, high are they going? Uh, they will go to twenty. Okay. They will go to pick twenty. Okay. And they are going to get so, him. So they lose a second round pick. They lose a second round pick. Okay. They Buffalo does not take a quarterback with their first pick. They preempt Buffalo by moving ahead of them. They get to twenty. They take Jackson. They move 31 back into the second round, and they get lucky, and they get the offensive tackle project from UCLA Colton. Uh, and that's what I think is going to happen. And then it's all defense. Can you hear me writing this down? Yep. I can all right. Hear you. Excellent. That's what I think. I like it. All right. See, I think that's a better end of the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I think, Sorry I think if I you're right. No, that was worth it. That was worth it. All right. So I hope you guys have enjoyed, and we hope you guys have enjoyed the five 
part pre-NFL Draft podcast. Pete and I will be able to wrap it up uh, probably next week when all the dust settles hey, and get got, landing spots. I, I'll have an article up on EEI.com tomorrow morning with awesome. first-round winners and losers. Cool. Um, and if we can somehow shake Hackett free from his schedule tomorrow, <laughs> we, we could do an impromptu we could. Uh, pod tomorrow. We'll see. All right. We'll see. Stay tuned for that. Enjoy it all, folks. And we'll get uh, everything out content-wise on Twitter as we always do it at Rotobon and at Rotobon Hacksaw. Enjoy the night. Pats fans, I think it's going to be a fun one. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.